Welcome back to the Startup Stories podcast. I'm your host, Tom Callahan. Today, I'm speaking with Allie Nielsen, founder of Athlete Relations based in Chicago, Illinois. Allie, how are we doing today? And what is Athlete Relations? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so you said we're based in Chicago, but we are a national company that works with primarily NFL players. Um, and we specialize in lifestyle management, which is obviously a pretty broad term. Um, but we kind of keep it that way just because each of our clients is a little bit different in what their lifestyle does entail. So it really manages everything from, you know, day to day, calendar, travel, um, all of that to like large scale events like football camps and backpack drives and giving back um, charity events, you know, larger proposals, birthday parties, things like that, that they like to um, plan in their off season. So it really is like pretty all encompassing. Um, so that's why we keep that term pretty general, but that's kind of the you know broad overview of it awesome and very you know sports related when I guess you know to kind of start things from from the beginning like when did you when did you first realize you had this interest in sports was this come from a young age was this you know post-college um and then you know we'll get later into how you turned that into a business yeah um I grew up watching sports I um there's like this saying that we joke you know like the saying of like those that don't do teach those that don't play (laughs) manage um, I couldn't, my husband says I can't walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. Like I couldn't hold the ball if it like my life depended on it. So, um, we just would watch it and I like loved the games and I would do everything, you know, with, with the spectator side of it. Um, mm-hmm. and just really enjoyed that side of it. And then, um, when I was in college, I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was bouncing between a few different majors and, you know, really realized that like, that's where my true like passion lied was, you know, sports in general. Um, and I, I originally thought that we were going to, I was going to do something kind of in the marketing PR space. Um, and my first internship was actually in Chicago, but um, it it was in that space. And luckily the um, agency that I worked for had a little bit of overlap with like their client services and their marketing and PR departments. So mm-hmm. um, that was kind of where I first got introduced to like, you know, there's a whole other side of this that you know, this kind of untapped, like if the agency doesn't have somebody or if they don't have somebody in their own circle, you know, a lot of this is falling through the cracks and it can really affect them, you know, personally and professionally. So I really Mm -hmm. kind of got a glimpse, you know, right away, right out of college of like, this is something that, you know, is really necessary. And then the more I was, you know, in the, in the industry, just seeing how many people didn't have somebody like that was really what was eye opening for me. So five years ago, we started um, Ethic Relations and it's kind of just taken off from there. Yeah. And, and, you know, with that, like from founding, like founding your own company, the time between working these different jobs, uh, you know, in like the marketing and the, in the, uh, in the sports realm, in the agency world, like how, what made you kind of take that jump? You know, I know when we first met, uh, you were living in LA working at team one, um, which is an Mm -hmm. agency obviously. And, you know, making that jump from, Hey, I, I've been doing, you know, something else for, you know, my career and it's time to take a, take a bet on myself. Like, were you doing this in the background um, during all that time? And then, you know, kind of had a, at least, Hey, I've, I've seen recent success in this. Um, Let's make it a full-time job. Or did you just jump off and go into the water like full-time to kind of build it from the ground up after leaving the, I guess, quote unquote, corporate world? So kind of a little bit of both. Um, so full transparency, the job that I had before team one, one of the jobs I had before team one was pretty traumatic. <laughs> it was just like, honestly, like not a good fit at all as far as like my personal style of 
how I work um, with mm -hmm. our clients and having like a personal relationship with them and making sure that, you know, everything that I'm doing has that personal touch, right? And making sure it's, um, it's geared towards what they really need versus just kind of like a blanketed approach. And I really saw how much like that affected, you know, you can learn so much from people that inspire you in a good way. And also in the same way that, Hey, this is not how I want to work things or how I want to do things. So I kind of took a step back after that. That's when I went to team one, absolutely love team one, but like, it was pretty much like from the beginning understood that like I was kind of using it as like not a stepping stone but it was definitely not something that was going to be this huge longevity thing and to be honest mm -hmm. I was a little bit shaken up after like wait I, is this what the sports industry looked like after I left that job like maybe I don't want to do it like was I wrong for thinking that this was something that was possible so I kind of took that step back I went to team one absolutely loved it like couldn't say enough good things about working there and they are a full like brand and ad agency. So I got to see some sides outside of sports as well, which was kind of interesting for me because it's all I'd done so far was sports. And the more mm -hmm. I saw the, the world outside of it, the more I missed it and the more I wanted to be in it. So um, right at the end of my time at Team One, which is just a few years, I was only there for a few years, um, I, I started to kind of dip my toe back into, you know, just honestly reaching out to people that I was friends with that were either athletes that I was still friends with or people that worked at, you know, the network that I was still friends with or anything like that and being like, I have this idea and I think that I'd be really good at it. I know I've been good at it in the past, but like my issue was the way that this these other companies were kind of doing it was not really aligned with the way that I thought it should be done from my perspective. And like, that's mm -hmm. the point of opening your own business, right? Like doing it the way you want it to be done and thinking that that's the best way of doing it. So the more people I talked to, the more they were like, yes, hundred percent. Like, I love it, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that this is really needed. And the people I was asking were people I really trusted, right? Like I knew that if it was something that like really wasn't needed, or if I was seeing it from like one perspective that maybe wasn't necessarily true, there are going to be people that call me out, right? And be like, hey, like, I think you're kind of like diving into something that maybe it's like too you know, saturated or whatever it may be, but all of them were really supportive. And to this day, like some of my really good friends. So um, I really kind of just dove in that way and was like, okay, like I'm going to try it and see what happens. And almost a year later, um, I got my first client. So it took me about a year to really build up the brand. Like I wanted to make sure that it was done right. So I wanted to make sure that we had the LLC in place. We had a brand package as far as what our like logos were and things like that. And started that from the beginning, had our pricing structure, had our website, like everything was done before I even considered working with any clients yet. And then mm -hmm. just kind of took the dive that way. So then I built it up, like you were saying, kind of from the ground up from that perspective. Yeah, I remember, I remember probably, yeah, like 2017, 2018, seeing the start of it come alive on social media, where it was Ali Reddick athlete relations, and it worked yep. so well with the with the initials. Is that part of is your, you know, your maiden name? Is that part of like the AR logo? Or was it just I know, coincidental? Isn't that funny? <laughs> it was actually totally coincidental. And I didn't even realize it. So I had kind of run with the whole like athlete, like Ali Reddick athlete relations thing, like from the beginning. And then my dad was talking about the logo and he's like, well, it's A-R-A-R. -A -R, so you could really just kind of make it one thing. And then my uncle actually, again, it's like super funny to like think about it now, was like, well, why don't you just use athlete relations for like athleterelations.com and like honestly your social media handles and everything and like then mm -hmm. if you ever get married at that point I was single so he's like if you ever get married to somebody that doesn't have an R last name like this will be super easy to transition and like obviously worked out well because my husband's last name is Nielsen and now my last name so um having that transition be a lot easier now that I didn't have to worry about the whole AR AR thing and just leaving it as the one um and it's kind of you know the the logo itself having the AR is kind of 
you know, an ode to that beginning as well as, you know, where, you know, where we started as well as making it really just stand for athlete relations. Yeah, no, and it's a very sleek logo. I always like, I, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, this is just a very simple, cool logo and like the black and white <laughs> scheme on your website. It's just, uh, I feel like it's Thanks. very you. Uh, I know you're yes. very into the color black. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice. It's kind of like, it's oddly pleasing uh, where there's not a bunch of colors jumping at you and things like that. Yep. Um, yeah, very minimal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, it took about a year to kind of get your first client. Like, what was that? What was that year like? And, and, and you know, how, if you're able to name your client, I know you work with a lot of NFL players primarily. Um, but as, as far as like, you know, how did you kind of pitch that to the, the person? Did you have a personal relationship with them before? Was it a lot of cold reach out? Um, how did you kind of go about getting that first client? And then from there, did you feel a sort of snowball effect with momentum or was there referrals things like that obviously a very uh long-winded question but we can kind yeah. of break it down yeah so that first year I moved back in with my parents that's what I did when I left LA so that was terrifying um mm -hmm. I like felt like I was like what am I doing like is this the right thing but I was like if I'm gonna start this business I mean you know like you can't live in LA and start a business it's, you can barely right. work <laughs> and also live in LA it's like the most expensive place in the world so I was like, okay, I got to go do something. So I moved in with my parents and I was like, okay, I just need to like really focus on making sure that all of my like T's are crossed, you know, I's are dotted. I had a lot of little things that I knew that I personally wanted to do before even remotely like jumping into the client space. So mm -hmm. I took probably about a full like six months once I, you know, got the move done and got in with my parents and did all of that. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I really made sure that you know, by the time that that first client did sign on that, you know, there was never going to be any. And of course, it's always like nature of like the business to have like little hiccups. But if I could help it, there wasn't going to be anything that was missing or anything like that. And again, reminder that I had done this type of work before, but again, I'd never done it on my own. So I really knew what I was going to be needing and what I was going to be offering, I guess. So I knew mm -hmm. what that would look like. So it, it did take me about probably about that full year. I was fully moved into my parents' house by August of 2018. And then my first client signed on in February. So by that point, it was almost, you know, a little over six months, but uh, or a little bit around six months. But um, yeah, that that's just how that part started. And then uh, Shelby Harris was my first full time client. And he's still on today, like, great guy. We still work together. He just signed with Cleveland. So still in the league, which is awesome, five years later. Um, yeah. And he and I had a mutual friend, so we connected through that. And then we kind of just got to talking about what I did. He needed a little bit of help um, going into Super Bowl week, actually. Um, he was going to be doing some press and a few other things that he was like a little bit kind of overwhelmed by. His wife was pregnant, and so she wasn't going to be able to go. So it was just kind of one of those things that like it was all about the timing of it. And I was going to Super Bowl anyway, because I was going to be using it as a networking opportunity to try to, you know, be in front of the people I needed to be in front of. So it ended up working out perfectly because I was going to be there. So that's how that started. And then by the end of that Super Bowl week, I had three full-time clients because it was just kind of like you meet the right people and you do the right things. And obviously yeah. that was the point of me going in the first place. And then I, I hate using the word, or I guess the phrase snowballing, because it really doesn't, right? Like you'll have a week like that where I literally left yeah. with three full-time clients. And then there was probably 
a few month period where I didn't really get any, you know, new traction. I was just focusing on those three and making sure that everything was going perfectly and that there weren't any hiccups. And then my mom always says like, especially with business, when it rains, it pours, right? Like then you'll have a, like, I mean, in one month I've signed four clients and then the next month you sign zero. And then, you know, during the season, you're not really going to sign a ton because they're, you know, so focused on the game and everything. There's not really a lot of time for you to sit down and talk, but then during the off season, you can sit down with them and their families and see where they are and where they need help. So it really isn't a snowball effect as much as it's like peaks and valleys, but like you kind of roll with it as it goes either way. Yeah, no, I think that's true for so many lines of business is just like when the, when the getting's good, it's good. And then when it's bad, it can be, it can be bad. And you got to make sure that you're, Hey, take care of the current, the current clients that you do have so that you do have business coming in. And yeah, it sounds like that Super Bowl trip, uh, had some pretty nice return on investment for you. And yeah, uh, it was probably like a a little bit of like, I have to imagine it's a little bit of fun mixed with a lot of business, uh, when you go into those events. Yes. Yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely fun. And it's just, it's nice because like I said, all my clients are on such, like they're all on different teams. We've got a lot of Bears players right now, which is nice being in Chicago. But, you know, a lot of the guys that I've worked with, you know, since, you know, day one, like are all over the country. You know, Shelby's now in Cleveland. I've got Tay Davis, who I've worked with for almost the entire, he was one of the guys that I signed on that Super Bowl week. He's in Atlanta. And, you know, when they're in other places like that, and then their off season homes are not in other places as well. Like I don't really get to see them. So Super Bowl right. week really is our, you know, kind of coming together and getting to see everybody and everything. So it's definitely fun for that reason. We do some fun dinners. We always try to like get together and do something like that. But at the same time, it's literally like 16 hour days of just like, go, 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 like absolute chaos. There's never a, there's never a Super Bowl year that something doesn't like just, I remember Miami <laughs> was like the worst storm they had in like so long. The one event that all of our clients are at the fire marshal had to shut it down because the rain was flooding so high that the doors couldn't open. Like you couldn't open the doors if there was a fire, like you can't predict that. It's just, (laughs) there's never something that you're like, this is happening. Okay. Like how do we work around this? And you can't be like, okay, we're all going to leave. Cause what are you going to do? Go stand out in the pouring rain and wait for an Uber with 500 other people, your car service, you don't have to call them. It's like, it's always just like something that you can't predict. So those weeks are, I always say like my favorite week, but also like the bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm sure, you know, for, for your clients are like, oh yeah, like Allie will figure it out. Allie will hand it, yeah. handle it. Uh, yeah. Then they can go and continue to have a good time or whatever's going mm-hmm. on. And it's like, all right, this is, this is the business. Um, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> um, no, that's, yeah, it's, it's, I imagine crazy stuff has to come up all the time. And I imagine when, you know, when like a player switches teams or they switch teams over the court, you know, in the NFL, it's a business and people are going to get traded and they're going to be moving you know, they could be moving every year, uh, you know, if they're signing one year deals, but, you know, dealing with that from a personal standpoint, how does it, how, how do the players kind of take that with you? Do they, are they like, Hey, Allie, I need you to help me find a rental in this city or, Hey, I need, or like, can you look up any like schools? How do I get my, my kids into the, the right schools or what's a good neighborhood to live in that's commutable to the practice facility? Like, is that mm-hmm. part of what you do? And, and yep. do you see the, I imagine the off season, because like you said before, like in season, these people are, they're so busy with, you know, with their work, which is professional athletes and, mm-hmm. you know, probably don't have time to think about all that stuff but then in the off season do you just get like inundated with those types of requests yeah I mean obviously the trades are always like the toughest especially for like personal reasons a lot of them especially when they're on longer term contracts will move to the like full-time will move to the place that they play in so 
Um, they're established there, their kids are there. They, like you said, schools and, you know, they've got their friends and everything around there. And then especially when it happens, you know, mid contract or at the end of a contract and not renewed and everything like that, you know, you're kind of looking at a brand new lifestyle for them of like, okay, we have to start over somewhere. Like a lot of times that they've never even been like, I mean, outside of maybe playing a game there, if they were in the same conference, but, um, outside of that, really, it's, it's kind of brand new. So, the good thing is we can, if it is a place that we don't have current players or have had players before, which at this point is only a couple teams, um, we can lean on the team. If there's anything like, hey, we're going to have a player coming in, like, please feel free to send us everything. And then we kind of take it over for them. So it's not super overwhelming for them or their, you know, their partner at the same time. They're also trying to get things together and move and everything as well. But, you know, at the same time, like sometimes it's just not worth it to make the move. If it's only a one-year contract and you've got a little one in school and you've got their nanny and you've got their babysitters and you've got everything in one place it's almost easier just to stay put and then fly out for you know a week at a time or go and to do whatever games you want to do for any of the home games or go to some of the away games or anything like that which obviously mm-hmm. is difficult on any you know relationship just to be farther apart but sometimes it just makes the most sense and then we'll just make sure that we have you know our clients in a safe rental that's going to be again just for them but have enough room for when their family does come visit so it really is just again where that like lifestyle kind of like general term comes in because it's really so different for each of them um, yeah. but regardless of what it is whether it's finding a rental for them or moving their entire family I mean, from start to finish, from the moving company to, you know, getting the realtor to help them get the house, like we're involved in every aspect of it. So it is definitely like a little bit chaotic, especially like these weeks right now of waiting for 53 man to come out and everything like that. You know, anything can change. We literally had a client that we are now working with that got signed to Chicago like two days ago. Um, Then obviously now they're in Indianapolis playing there this week. So I've got him in one place, his fiance and his son in the other place. And Mm -hmm. now they're also, that's not where they live in the off seasons. Now we've got three different places that we're working on trying to figure out where to kind of combine everything and make it make the most sense. It's just, it's like never a dull moment. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I I am now, you know, when we're having this conversation now, for those that don't know, 53 man is basically when NFL rosters cut their training camp into, you know, how many, however many people show up at training camp, probably something in the 80s, 90s, whatever it is, and then slowly Mm -hmm. start cutting it down to a finalized regular season. And and yeah, it's got to be chaos because you always see during the preseason so many players get traded, especially younger ones that don't have as Mm -hmm. much, you know, haven't really figured out where they fit into the in this league um mm-hmm, exactly yeah I imagine it's got to be it's got to be wild and yeah like you said every every person's got their unique situation like no two no two um, players and clients are going to be the same um, and their families mm-hmm. are going to have different makeups and where they're where they're originally from versus where they play versus where they you know might be traded to halfway through the season uh, right it's it's uh I, yeah, I got to imagine it's a lot of moving parts that can really change at any moment. Um, yeah, exactly. Gotta... October, November, December is like my favorite part of the year because everything slows down. Like, obviously things can still happen, but like everything's pretty much like, okay, we've got everyone where they need to be. I always like make it like compare it to like when like a mom is putting their kids to bed and like finally everyone's asleep and like everything's quiet. Like you might have one wake up at some point and need something crazy or like, I don't know, like be sick or something, but like for the most part, everything's calm. So like, that's my like November area. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's, that's when I can be like, okay, like I've got everybody where they need to be. Everyone's got what they need to get through the rest of the year. Like take a deep breath. Like we made it another one down. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. And then I'm sure once once regular season ends, it's like, okay, let's uh, you know, figure this out, plan some vacations, yeah. and then and then yep. Super Bowl week <laughs> happens, and then hopefully, you know, after after February, uh, you know, able to have everyone's kind of in the same boat and off season training and, and things like that exactly. or figuring out the next move. Uh, but everybody but, also gets married during that time, and so we've got like, okay, yeah. now you have like three weddings to go to. Oh, and now we're planning the honeymoons, and it's like absolute like just like the best chaos but like then it's like total personal life chaos so it's like okay now we got to get everybody to where they need to go and then summer comes and they go to camp but then that's when they do a lot of their like football camps and the backpack drives and stuff that we've been doing all Mm. summer so it's really like there's always something but it's like in the best way possible like it it keeps us busy it keeps them happy so like we're good yeah and, and you know like mentioning like weddings and engagements i know that's part of kind of you know what you do obviously have you become mm-hmm. like a pseudo sort of like wedding planner through this or do they hire you know professional wedding planners and just kind of have you yeah. take care of some of the other stuff or is that part of part of what you do and kind of what your service provides yeah so we have a wedding planner that we work with i cool. could not handle a full wedding planning i literally would like never sleep <laughs> Um, so we have a planner that handles all of the actual like logistics of the wedding itself. Um, however, I will say like a lot of our clients do destination weddings and things like that. So the rest of it will fall on us to make sure that, you know, we've got all the travel that they need booked or anything like that. Engagement parties, the bachelor, bachelorette trips, like everything that kind of surrounds the wedding kind of still falls onto us. So it's definitely, we work hand in hand and make sure that everybody's like on the same page. And the wedding planner that we work with is incredible. She's so, so good. She's based out of Nashville and she does weddings like literally all over the country. She's doing one of our clients that's getting married in Cabo next year. So like I fully trust her and I know everything's being handled perfectly. So like that makes it a lot easier on me, but it does obviously leave the rest of the stuff for us to still handle. So it's kind of definitely like a joint effort in that sense. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's good to have like the resources and tools there. And, um, yeah. you know, kind of on that note, you know, when did you realize, you know, I imagine you were going going at this, like just you for, for a while. When did you realize like, hey, I need I need more more hands here and able to in order to to grow this and like, you know, teach people the, the ins and outs of the business a little bit like. When did you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, make, realize, hey, I need to, I need to hire a, an intern or another employee or someone to handle back office stuff? Um, you know, was that early on in, in the start of athlete relations or was it more recently? So kind of a two-part answer to that. One, I know how hard it is to break into the sports industry. I got really lucky getting a job out of college and kind of getting my foot in the door really quickly. But like Mm -hmm. the amount of no's that you get when you're applying places, because there's just, I mean, it's first of all, it's an industry that like a lot of people would love to work in. It's very glamorous from the outside looking in, you know, it's a really cool job, but you know, at the same time, there's a lot that goes into it. So from day one, pretty much like after we had, you know, like I said, Shelby and like our other clients, I brought interns in really quickly because I wanted to make sure that I could at least help in that sense to get that foot in the door and give them something on their resumes and obviously making sure that we were hiring people that were really invested in working in sports, not just seeing like, oh, this looks really cool. I want to try it or whatever. So yeah. we we really did do that and give the opportunity from day one. Um, but I would say in the last like year and a half, maybe year is when I started hiring. So I hired my assistant. Well, I hired an assistant, I should say. And then I have our new assistant now that just started. Um, and that was within the last like year, year and a half. And that was really honestly like a personal thing for me. And obviously I've shared a lot about this, but starting IBF and like through our whole 
pregnancy journey and everything that we've been doing, I just saw how many days like you're going to be on bed rest this day or like you can't travel yeah. these days or like whatever. And just making sure that I had somebody as like a second option. Um, and like, I mean, I'm really lucky. I've had a great pregnancy, but like a lot of people don't. And I was just worried that like, there'd be some days where like, I was kind of, you know, down for the count and needed somebody to take some stuff over. So I just, again, I always like to make sure that I'm prepared before things happen. Um, so I kind of made sure like, Hey, like, and again, I've been really lucky that I haven't really needed much help in the, you know, physical sense of like, I'm not, I can't work today. Like I'm like super sick or whatever it may be. Um, but mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that if that did happen, God forbid that I had somebody and that my clients weren't like stranded being like, Oh, well, like Allie's not working today. So like, who do we call? Like they all know what to do in that situation now. So it kind of made me feel a little bit less stressed if there was a day where I was just like, kind of like. I need to take a break and I need to take a breather. Um, or like even just, I mean, last Saturday I was at my baby shower and, you know, I was there for three hours and, you know, my assistant took everything over and I didn't have to worry about it. So it's, you yeah. know, things like that, that were more like personal for me to be able to have a little bit more of that work-life balance. Um, but also making sure at the end of the day that my clients are all taken care of and they don't feel like they're, you know, kind of left out in the cold. If something happened again, like pretty soon, like I'm going to be having the baby. So making sure that they're covered in that sense. And, and while I'm, you know, doing all of the new parent things, trying to figure that out, you know, they'll be, you know, not missing a beat. Yeah. And hopefully it you know, sounds like that baby will be coming uh, in that, in that November, December period. Yes. Uh, thank God. You might get a, a little bit, a little bit tamer environment. And yeah, you know, it sounds like, I'm definitely not shocked by that answer that you were prepared to, uh, you know, have someone kind of be, be a, that secondhand person in that uh, alternate reach out, just, you know, hearing yeah. about how you, um, you know, started, started before you even started the company going back home and kind of, Hey, let, let's make sure that this is going to be set up. Like, like all the, like, Oh yeah. All the T's are crossed. All the I's are dotted. Like we understand yeah. what we're doing here and the business is ready to go. So then, once it's time to start, like I can focus on the business. I don't have to worry about all this, like the legal stuff, the copyrights or like, you know, uh, forming an LLC and the, the waiting period that comes along with that, um, you know, you're ready to go. So yeah, it seems like preparedness is something that is definitely one of your strong suits. Um, and, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, with your, um, you know, with, with your current book of clients, like I know you work with a lot of NFL players, like, is that just serendipitous or like, are there other, like, is it, is it easier for you to only work with NFL players or because like, you know, if you've worked with basketball or hockey players, they're in different seasons and then it's just kind of uh, no, no time to, to rest or what is kind of, you know, what's, I guess, what's your philosophy in terms of what types of athletes you're, you're willing and able to work with. Yeah, for sure. So I, at this point, like, and again, it was, I don't want to say like accidental because it obviously was very much on purpose, but it was just kind of the way that it happened was sticking in the NFL space from word of mouth. Um, and then honestly, like you said, like, and you kind of hit the nail right on the head. Like if you start adding in other leagues, you don't have any off season. You don't have any time to regroup. You don't have any time to like really work around, you know, what people are expecting of you. So I think that that is why we've primarily stayed in NFL space. Um, that's mm -hmm. not to say if somebody else in another league really, you know, saw the benefit of what we do and needed, you know, help that we would say no to them by any means. But I think that's really where our focus has been because it's something that, you know, does give me not only that 
um, balance of, you know, on and off days, I guess, or seasons or whatever. But at the same time, like that is where a lot of our connections lie. And we do have connections with most of the teams at this point. So we know exactly who to call and what to do when, you know, like the certain situations do arise versus starting, you know, in like hockey, for example, which is a sport that I've never really, you know, dipped my toe in as far as work-wise goes, like that would be like starting over. And I would feel like I wasn't really ready to you know, jump into that until I had some time to really figure out what my scope of work with that looked like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it almost, you would probably almost need like an entire different department and team working different, uh, mm -hmm. working different sports. And that would, you know, probably come, you know, maybe a business decision later in, in the future is like someone that's doing something similar for just NBA or just NHL or MLB, and then like a partnership or an acquisition or something like that. Is that something you maybe had in the back of your mind? It might be, you know, under disclosures or things like that. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, in, in terms of scaling and growing, like, where do you, where do you want and where do you see athlete relations going? Like, are you going to be, you know, are you trying to stay, you know, relatively small or do you want to have, you know, 10, 50, 100 people working under the athlete relations uh, umbrella? That's a good question. I honestly like don't have a set like expectation and like maybe that sounds bad to like not have like, you know, one of these like five year, 10 year plans as far as that goes. But like, I'm really happy with the growth that we've had right now. It's given me obviously the flexibility to have the life that I have as far as, you know, being able to travel back and forth to New Orleans as I need to um, and doing all the things that, you know, are important to me while still, you know, working full time. Um, but at the same time, you know, I never want to like stop the growth. You know, I want to make sure that if, you know, more people need the help that we just keep saying yes and then just bring in mm -hmm. more people on my team to make sure that it happens. So it really is kind of just like, we're going to see how it goes. And like, again, the growth has been really good and we're in a really good place right now. So, um, I mean, if things keep going this way, then yeah, that's definitely something that, you know, we're headed in that direction of hiring, you know, more people to make sure that the clients that we do have are taken care of. But at the same time, um, I do think that there is a positive aspect of staying a little bit more like boutique and smaller and having that personal touch on everything versus just having mm -hmm. things handed off to somebody else. Like, when my clients call, like I am the one that answers and they know that. And if I'm obviously, again, like when the baby comes or things like that, like they know it's going to be my assistant, like they know us personally versus just like going to like a, you know, general email or something like that. Like that would feel so yeah. like disconnected to me. So I would need to figure out a way to make sure that that doesn't happen. So it, it's just going to happen, I think, kind of organically on its own. So. Mm -hmm. yeah it is you know it sounds like you're, you're on like a texting basis with these people or facetime basis mm -hmm. where, and it's not it's right. not a 40 hour a week job it's like these are coming probably at all hours of the night different time zones that everyone's on yeah uh, different yep. travel schedules and yeah it's kind of like it's having i think having that personalization is is a huge success for so many small businesses um because mm -hmm. you know it's like it's eventually like, hey, like we can stay at this this point and it's, we can only handle having so many clients on board and but it's, it's tough to turn down business. You know, it's always, it's, it's right. hard to turn down business. It's easier to hire, hire a few more people onto your team than it would be to, mm -hmm. you know, turn, you know, turn down potential revenue. Um, right. And, exactly. And, you know, for on, on the revenue standpoint, like, obviously, you know, I, I'm sure, um, you know, these players pay X amount for your services. Like, how have you seen that able to, to scale? Do people are, is it, is is everyone kind of in the same bucket or do is it or do people get charged on like percentages of salaries or or kind of how does that work out for 
you know, you don't need specifics, but in terms of you being able to, you know, support and keep your business going, how does, how does the revenue model work there? Yeah, for sure. So the nice thing is that all of our clients, no matter, you know, what they are, who they are, et cetera, like we're never going to charge them more just because they make more. It doesn't, it, the, the things that they need from us are all the same. You know what I mean? They're still the, the people who they are at the end of the day are all the same. If there was yeah. something for like that, for, I don't know, for some reason that they needed to add on in addition to the services that we're providing, we would have that conversation. But to be honest, everything that we've, you know, kind of do with 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 each of our clients it kind of stays pretty consistent so that does make it easier obviously i'm sure you know the basis of um you know an agency is taking a percentage of each of their contracts because the agent is the one that's negotiating that so that totally makes yeah. sense same with marketing if you're going to hire a marketing person to do uh, x amount of deals and you're going to take 20 percent of each of those deals that totally makes sense but for us mm -hmm. it was like with the stuff that we're doing a lot of times again like think of travel or dinner reservations or things like that like those aren't paid so we're not going to be able to scale that to oh well this is how much this was worth so we'll take x percentage so it's just right. easier to basically just use the monthly retainer model of like this is it it's a catch-all whatever you need during the time that our contract is active like it applies yeah i like that model it is a model that i have implemented into uh some of my business and it's just like hey you pay you pay me this and i'll be able to do i'll do kind of whatever you're whatever is reasonable, uh, you know, within that range. And when you ask for something, mm -hmm. you know, that is extravagant or totally out of the ordinary, or that's going to take, you know, a hundred hours of my time to do, it's like, Hey, you know, uh, is there, we need to be able to figure out some sort of special rate or, uh, you know, ad hoc costs, things like mm -hmm. that. So, mm -hmm. um, yep, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, with your clients, like do, I assume like a lot of your clients, you know, within the NFL, it's a pretty tight knit community. Uh, like do a lot of them know each other and you know it sounds like you have these you know especially during Super Bowl time or even like maybe like Pro Bowl time you get people um you know having dinners together is it is do all your clients are they like hey yeah you work with Allie I work with Allie um like is that do they have that sort of relationship off the field um for, for so my favorite thing with? that's yeah and my favorite thing that's happened is like the ones that don't maybe know each other beforehand will like play each other in a game and then they like grab the photographer and take a picture together and then I get really like emotional yeah <laughs> I'm like oh my god the reason you guys took the picture is because it's like oh we both work with the relations like you know Allie I know Allie let's take a picture and I'm like oh my god that makes me like that those moments are the moments that I'm like we've come a long way you know what I mean from like not yeah. having any clients and really trying to build this up to like clients playing each other and being like introducing themselves because of that and the best part about it too is then if one of our clients, for example, got traded to Houston and we had another client that was on the team already and he didn't know anybody else and that other client that we had that was currently on the team just took him under his wing and like really made sure he like introduced him to everybody and like dove right into like being in part of that family and everything. And I was just really proud of those moments, you know, where it, it feels like truly, I mean, I know that the term like family gets thrown around a lot, especially in business, which I think is kind of weird, like you know, if you're working for like a big company, like we're a family, like whatever, but like this truly is like, like I do holidays with a lot of our clients, like all of our clients that are on the bears are always invited to our Christmases and everything. And they, I mean, typically come like, it's, it's really yeah. something that's like, you're part of our family now. Like, like all of them have called themselves like my baby's uncle, like everything, like it's, <laughs> it's not even like a question. So um, they were all at our wedding, you know, everything like that. So it's, it's really more intimate and more you know, of a personal relationship than just like, this is business, like, okay, I'll talk to you during nine to five business hours or something like that.
Right. That's right. I think that's really cool. And probably makes you tear up a little bit when you see like, yeah. you know, these two people uh, come together. It's just like, oh, that's so that's so cool. Like they know each other because of me. Uh, and here they right. are. Like, exactly. You know, professional athletes. And, uh, you know, and, and yeah, having I think that personal touch you put on, like having people over for Christmas, like a lot of these people that's still in season for NFL and they might, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they might not be from Chicago or like you said, they might, they might have some family that has to stay renting in a, you know, maybe in like new Orleans and, or like mm-hmm. Los Angeles or something like that. And they don't, they don't have anywhere to go. And just having that, I think is, you know, that's special. Um, I think that's something right, really exactly. special that, that you can do as a, you know, business yeah. owner. And, you know, you're not only, they're not only your clients, like they're your friends at the end of the day. Um, and you want right. to treat them as such. Um, and yeah, exactly. On, on that note, like, has there ever been a client or an athlete that you have not like you maybe signed on and did not get along with or were too pushy or something like that that you had to fire and be like hey I can't work with you like this is this is taking up way too much of my time and you're kind of a you know a pain in the ass um like has there, you don't need to name names but uh has there ever been someone that is you know you where you had to have those hard conversations and let someone off yeah no I've been really lucky that all the people that we've signed on with have really understood you know, what we do, how we operate, they have kind of respected boundaries as far as all of that goes. Um, I have pitched people before, um, like where we've had the conversation and then it does take a turn. And this is just unfortunately the part of being a woman in a super male dominant. I mean, there's male dominant industries and then there's sports basically, um, of, you know, obviously just completely missing the mark and like saying things that were super inappropriate or like assuming that, certain things would be included maybe in the fee that we are yeah. <laughs> charging. And you're like, that's absolutely not at all what was said or implied in any way, shape or form. And um, I mean, I think that was obviously a lot more difficult, especially when I was single and trying to do it. Now, the fact that I'm married obviously helps a little bit, but um, it's definitely something that you have to, you know, maintain that like, composure of like okay like this is just not gonna work and like this is obviously you're seeing this as something that's totally different and the way you're talking and you know presenting this whole thing is like super inappropriate and I'm not comfortable with it so I think that honestly like once you get to that point where you know like and and again I was like that from day one I put my foot down with all of that once you get to the point where you're like I don't have to listen to this and I don't have to take this um Mm -hmm. I I think that it kind of like the story's gonna write itself right you're gonna end up getting the people that that do appreciate everything that you have to offer and that would appreciate what you do for them and then kind of just go from there. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, you know, I'm sure as with any industry and I think, you know, being a, especially in a male dominated industry, it's impressive and it's, and it's great for women that want to get into sports mm-hmm. that, of what you're doing and show like, Hey, you can do this and you can do this on your own too. And kind mm-hmm. of like, but, but you need to be able, you need to be tough. You need to be resilient and you need to have, you know, be able to say like, no and yes to things along the lines um, and just be like, Hey, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm a person here and I'm trying to run this, run this business just as this NFL player is trying to run their own personal brand, which is their business. Um, you know? Exactly. Um, and at the same time too, I think it's like one of those things that like, and there's always going to be things that, you know, I'm not saying that every day has been perfect and every single client's been perfectly happy and I've been perfectly happy every single day. There's obviously things that need to be communicated and, you know, you go through like those trial periods, but at the end of the day, like if you can get through them by communicating and just being like, here's where I think that this went wrong, like, this is how we're going to fix it. Like, there's been plenty of things that like, you know, random, like, I'll never forget this, my first year for 
Valentine's Day, my first year that we had a good amount of clients, I should say, it was probably my second year, Valentine's Day, and I forgot to switch the location of where the flowers were going because they just moved, and mm. I forgot to switch the location. I didn't even let them know that it happened because I had it fixed in two seconds. I hired a task rabbit to go pick up the flowers from the first house, <laughs> go bring them to the other house. And I was like, here's my credit card. I messed this up. Like, I need you to fix it. And they did. And they had no idea. And I ended up telling them like probably a week or so later, I'm like, just a heads up. Like, this is what happened. Like, obviously it didn't affect you guys at all. We paid for it. We covered it. We fixed it, blah, 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 whatever. But it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, like not everything's going to be perfect. And as long as we can yeah. figure out a solution and like make it better than like, you know, we're, we're not robots. We're people at the end of the day, you know, at the, at the basis of what we're doing, like we know we're doing good work. So it's, it's okay. Right. And it's like, you know, it's like with anything, it's like, you know, you're going to make mistakes. People are going to make mistakes. And it's like how you fix it and how you move on is, is more important than, than making the actual exactly. mistake. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, taking ownership in that is huge too. be like, Hey, I mm-hmm. messed up. Here's, here's what I'm going to do to, to solve it. Um, yeah. And I consult with my dad a lot with that too, because he's in a pretty high up position in his company as well. And I always consult with him and I'm like, should I like, I, this is how I was thinking about fixing it. Like, what do you think, you know, and kind of asking those questions that like maybe would have been, you know, a little bit more difficult for me to figure out the response to, and like having somebody like that, that I can just bounce those ideas off of, you know, I think really makes it feel like I am being mentored in the right direction as well. And not just being like, I think this is the right thing to do. I'm not really sure, you know, especially when it's like the first time that something like that does happen. So um, I think that it's just, it's, it's human nature. And again, like you said, like the way you fix it and the way you come back from that is going to be more important anyway. Totally. Um, And kind of leading up to one of my final questions, like, has there ever been times where you're just like, Oh my God, what did I get myself into uh, with this, with this business? Like I, I, second guessing myself or has it always been like yeah you know what this is this is really hard but this is what i signed up for uh and i'm gonna push through it like has there ever been i guess any moments of doubt that is totally human and but then you realize no this is the track for me i mean there's always gonna be days i like feel like that you're gonna doubt what you're doing like nobody's ever like oh i'm 100 percent on the right track all the time like it just doesn't exist um mm. i think my day my moments i would say that that come with that are more so when like you know if we haven't signed a new client in a few months or if i'm pitching and getting a lot of no's and you're always gonna hear no's right like it's just that's just a matter yeah. of like what this what any business but my business specifically like some people don't need this, right? Like they, they've got it all right. under control or their agency has somebody and whatever. But at the same time, it's like that part really gets to me, like, you know, mentally where I'm like, like, did I, did this run its course? Like, am I doing what I like thought that I was set out to do? Like, the, I don't, I don't know. Like there's so many moments of like, you know, self-doubt or whatever. And I, I remember one specifically that, I was in a rut. I was in a, I I had signed a few clients. I was really kind of getting nowhere after that. I was kind of like in a weird place. And my old, one of the first agencies I worked for that I really, really liked had a job opening and they'd seen what I've been doing. They saw that I was doing really good work. And they basically were like, we have an opening that's very similar. Like, we'd love to have you come back, blah, blah, blah. And at that point, like, again, I wasn't really making a lot of money. I didn't really have any, like, consistent income other than a couple of clients, which was, like, Mm -hmm. not even paying my, like, storage fee, basically, at the, like, rental facility. So I was like, okay, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, should I just take this job, have, you know, benefits again? Like, insurance would be nice. (laughs) Um, And, like, paid vacation and things like that. And, And a constant salary, consistent. And 
I, I genuinely was like, I don't know what to do. And I really just kind of freaked out. And I remember I called one of the agents that I work with, um, who's a really big mentor for me. I've worked with him for a long time and I asked him his opinion. And he was like, I, I think the fact that you're only a year in and that you have three full-time clients mm-hmm. and you have everything that you have, like shows that you're on the right track. And I think that giving that up at this point, like would be a mistake. And he's like, I'm not saying that it's going to be the be all end all. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I obviously don't have like a crystal ball, but at the same time, like what you're doing right now matters and what you're doing, you know, like going to be doing is going to matter um, in the yeah. future. And, and really just having that moment of like, you know, you're on the right track. And there will always be another job if there was ever something. And again, obviously now I've been doing this for five years. I can see that I'm in a good place with it. But, you know, at that point I was like, there's always going to be another job opening. And I've worked in sports enough to like, at least be able to get interviews at places. Right. Like I have my foot very much well into the door at that point. So Mm -hmm. I was like, let's just, I think he's right. Let's just see what happens. And, and thank God, obviously now it's five years later, but um, I think that's really where those days kind of come from making sure I'm like doing the right thing versus like, like if I have a really busy day with a big workload, like those are my favorite days because I know I'm yeah. making a difference with all the stuff I'm doing. So those will never be the days that I question it. The days that everything's really slow and like no one needs anything. I'm like, is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of like twiddling your thumbs be like, what's going on? Like this, uh, yeah. like, is, there, is everyone going to fire me today? Like this is, uh, what's happening? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, is everyone mad at me? Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, that's a lot, that's like the situation you found yourself in with getting, you know, early on and trying to, you know, starting your own thing and having the tempting allure of, you know, a bigger company and going back to this, you know, stable, comfortable life is it happens to so many people, I think that go off on their own. And I think the people that stick with it are the, you know, truly entrepreneurs. Um, Right. And, you know, that's uh, yeah, definitely a big reason why I have asked you to to come on this podcast is to kind of hear that story, which is which is awesome, and yeah. it's you know seeing it five years later is awesome, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been a wild ride for you. And I guess to kind of uh, you know come off the business top uh, talk, like you've been you know you're kind of splitting time between Chicago and New Orleans. Um, what is what's your favorite food in both of those cities? Like where Ooh. is your place to eat to? the pig out I don't want the healthy stuff I want to like where's your like pig out meal because I know I've got my I don't even think I could tell you a healthy place in New Orleans I (laughs) wanted to know a healthy place I don't think I have an answer so good thing that's not what you're asking me um New Orleans that's easy Nola Po Boys it's on Bourbon Street which I I really like from living there for as long as we did I never really went to Bourbon Street that much um but I'm like the far end of Bourbon Street so like not right by the bars like you have to walk down to it there's a little po'boy place called Nola Po'boys, and they have a like shrimp po'boy, but it's smothered in seafood bisque, and it's so good. Oh my god, it's it, like it'll seriously like paralyze you. Like every time we go, if we were like out drinking or something, if if you end up in Nola Po'boy, like your night is over. Like you have to go home. Like there's no going back out after that. Like this is the yeah. end. Go home, go to sleep, and like that's it um also great for hangovers um and it's like good spicy it's got that like whatever like louisiana spice with it i absolutely love it that's my favorite place in new orleans um and then chicago i mean you gotta go like wiener circle right like you gotta go like a classic (laughs) chicago hot dog with people that yell at you like that's the perfect place to go i always tell people from out of town to go there because it's like that's like a good like you're still gonna get the like chicago hot dog experience but you're also gonna get like kind of yelled at about us yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, or if you want to go like nicer, I mean, we've got so many good, that's the thing about Chicago that I love though. And like, you can appreciate this. Like 
we have good everything. Like you want good Italian, we've got it. You want good ramen, we've got it. You want sushi, it's great. Like we've got everything that you could possibly need. And that makes me really happy because like, there's never a day where you're like, I only want this and this only. Like you gotta have options, you know, it's it's good. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think Wiener Circle is a classic uh, Chicago Chicago joint. I have actually been to Nola Po Boys uh, during one of my <gasps> times in New Orleans, and I ate it in the afternoon. And I'm like, I was like, oh my god, I'm about to. Did you go like, home? I need, I need, yeah, I'm like, I need to take a, I need to take a nap. Like this is this is nuts. Um, but I think yeah, like, it'll it'll put you out. Yeah, and then later that day, I went to uh, Verdi Mart over kind of in the Bourbon Street area, and I was yeah. just like. I was like, oh my God, like I got a muffalata there that it lasted, yeah. it was like $14 and lasted me for, I think three full days. Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, New Orleans rocks. Uh, if yeah. It wasn't so so hot half the year uh, and, the, and the streets didn't buckle, then it would be a dangerous place. Um, for yeah, for sure. I, I will say that was like the heat. I was there last week and I don't know if it's just with like the pregnancy hormones and stuff now, but I'm like, <laughs> this is really hard. Like, I don't like this, like, at all and then I came back home and I was like 75 and sunny and I was like oh thank god but I was like don't ask yeah. me in like three months because I wish I was back there <laughs> definitely oh it's uh that's great um yeah I love talking food uh, especially especially always. in those two cities uh always good yeah um but perfect Allie um great chatting with you great to catch up and, and kind of hear how much this business has grown since the early days and kind of seeing this you know at least from a, a, a bystander perspective mostly on Instagram um but you know where can people where can people find you where can they find athlete relations um you know what are the time to plug yeah for sure um i mean we're on like everything athlete relations on instagram athlete relations on twitter it's pretty easy to find us um i think facebook too but not that anybody really uses facebook anymore um and then um we keep everything pretty updated though on like instagram for sure um with you know new signings or if any of our guys get traded and any of the fun stuff that we're planning so i'd say that's pretty much the best way to to find us awesome um well ali this was a great conversation i'll let you get back to um pregnancy and preseason. just a bunch of <laughs> pres going on right now in your life i uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast always thanks for having me appreciate it absolutely